You are listening to the Average Joe's Podcast, where we understand that we were just ordinary, everyday sinners who, by the grace of God, have now become just ordinary, everyday saints, who now live for the glory of God as ambassadors for Christ. Each week, we have a conversation with fellow believers to hear how God has moved and is still moving in their lives and how God is now using these brothers and sisters in Christ to advance His kingdom agenda. We're here with uh, Carl Ellison, and uh, we're going to have just a brief conversation um, about uh, the Holy Spirit and, uh, and the sign gifts. Uh, two camps, cessationism, cessationist, and uh, continuationist. Where would you fall, um, or would you put yourself in either of those camps? Mm. Uh, over the years, I've probably uh, bounced from one extreme to a, a, a more worldwide understanding of, of how that looks. And let, me, let me share this. I believe that in a place like uh, America where the gospel has been uh, clearly proclaimed and, and scripture is, and, and the word is, is under, known and understood uh, that uh, there isn't a need for signs and wonders as it was at uh, the early days of Acts when Jews dem- demanded a, a sign. And, but God showed that, that uh, he was continuing his ministry even after Jesus ascended to heaven. And so I believe that was very important for those days. Acts is a transitional book. Uh, transitioning from the old covenant to the new covenant in practical ways. It was a kind of like a 40-year newsflash is what it was. And so uh, we have to be careful when we read the book of Acts that uh, it is that transitional time from old covenant to new covenant, and we can't base all of our doctrine off Mm -hmm. of the work of the Holy Spirit off of just that book. We must look at the context of Scripture, uh, Old Testament, and then understanding the epistles, which is specifically for the church today. Mm -hmm. And so we, we must understand Scripture that way, and if we... Uh, get our doctrine from the clear teachings of Scripture that's repeated, uh, then we're on on safe ground. Uh, one thing I, I do believe, while uh, rarely, if ever, will there would there ever be a time in America where uh, there's someone to stand up and speak in tongues and it'd be interpreted according to First Corinthians 12 and 14. Uh, I do believe. Here's what I see uh, is across the world where the gospel has not been and is just now uh, beginning to unfold. Uh, that, I, that I do see that God is, is working through, uh, he's working through dreams and he's working through visions and even in speaking of different languages mm-hmm. as tongues, as we refer to that, not in unknown languages, but in known languages that may be different from mm-hmm. ours. And he's using that uh, to uh, maybe uh, show in a smaller area of, of Acts 2 happening again where mm-hmm. the gospel has not penetrated. Mm-hmm. So um, al- although I probably lean more to the camp of, cessationist mm-hmm. uh the reality is is that uh i've got to be careful i don't completely put god in a box that's my own box mm-hmm. but understanding Amen. in light of scripture of Nathan. being in uh, doctrinally sound for where god has called me in this geography uh, but understanding that in the middle east and other places god can work in ways in any place he wants mm-hmm. and, and i've heard some very prolific stories that were authentic and real and we all have known the ones that are inauthentic mm-hmm. and, and seem to be inauthentic mm-hmm. but i've seen god work also in some ways that are way outside of where I put myself in the mm-hmm. box. So the, the reason that this came up is uh, <clears throat> I li- we listened to, to Matt Chandler mm-hmm. over at the village, and yeah. uh, th- this this week, this past Sunday, he actually uh, preached a message on the sign gifts in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, he calls himself a continuationist. Um, and uh, he, when he was kind of defining the cessationist view, one thing he said uh, was that the cessationists would say uh, that uh, these types of things can take place, uh, but they would refer to them as miracles uh, and would also say that it's not normative. Um, 
I, I think I would I would agree with that. I, I don't think these things are, are normative. I don't, I don't think these are things that we're going to experience on a daily basis. Uh, these are things that uh, can God do these things? God, I mean, he created it all. He can do whatever he wants to do. And I'm never going to put him inside of a box and say, you know, you can do nothing else. Obviously, he can do anything that he wants to do at any time uh, with anyone, uh, uh, reveal himself in any way. Um, so I, I absolutely agree uh, with that. But to, 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 to say that this is normative, I think would, would be, I, I, I just don't see that in Scripture. I don't see where we could say, yeah, this is something that's going to happen week in and week out. Well, what we see throughout Scripture is we see a lot of things that aren't normative from Genesis to Revelation of how God has revealed himself. Whenever God is going right. to do something in the world, whether it's in Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be at creation with, with Abraham, with David, or in the New Testament with the disciples, with Jesus coming to the earth, Whenever God is going to do something new, he lets his people know and those he's called. He's mm-hmm. let, he lets them know, and then he always confirms it with some powerful signs, mm-hmm. uh, but he doesn't continue that the whole time. Right. But at the same time, God does miracles, and so uh, I agree with you that uh, these type of things uh, should not be the norm that we look for mm-hmm. because that's we don't base our faith right. uh, uh, upon um, another amazing event, but we mm-hmm. base it upon the person and the words and the works of Jesus Christ. Right. There was a book we recently read by Nabil Qureshi, uh, it's, uh, Seeking uh, Allah, Finding God, mm-hmm. and he talks about, and, and, and really if you look at the, uh, um, uh, the Muslim world, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see this more and more and more. You mentioned visions earlier. It seems to be something that is taking place on a regular basis, mm-hmm. but it leads to uh, a particular place, and that is conversion. Mm-hmm. That is to Christianity, to a relationship uh, with the one true God. Um, and that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Um, now, not that I should base any kind of theology that I have on what makes sense to me, <laughs> my little pea brain. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we're dealing with an infinite God, yeah. uh, and, and we certainly are not that. Um, uh, but we, we see that, and it's just, it's amazing. Uh, do I wish that I could experience those things? I, I, yeah, sure, I'd love to experience those things. Um, should I uh, intentionally go out and seek those things? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, he's revealed himself in Scripture to us, right? Uh, um, uh, he's given us all that we need right here, all you know, all sufficient. Um, and uh, so, but these other places where maybe they don't have uh, the word in their language currently, um, uh, or they don't have individuals stepping up inside the church, capital C, to go to them, to give them the good news, why wouldn't God reveal himself in those ways? Could he do that? Sure, I, I, I have no no issue with that. One thing with Nabil Koresh in particular, he's, he was seeking the, the true God. He wanted to know uh, who God was. And God, you know, I, I have no reason to believe that, that he didn't, uh, um, you know, experience the things that he said, these visions and, and things. Um, and, you know, Chandler mentions uh, this week uh, something that happened to him, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, just a kind of a miraculous event. And you, you mentioned you've, you've, had, you've experienced some of these things or had folks that have told you about these things? I'll tell you this, uh, in my own life, there's been a few times where I believe that uh, the Lord has spoken to me always in the context of Scripture, but mm-hmm. in powerful ways that mm-hmm. uh, it could have been somebody sitting next to me. Now, mm-hmm. that's not the normative, yeah. uh, but there were a couple of times where I believe that God has spoken to me in very clear ways that changed the course of my life and mm-hmm. led me towards where I'm at today. And so I'm very thankful for that. But I didn't base my life upon them. Right. I wasn't looking for that. I was right. looking for uh, knowing Christ in yeah. a greater way and knowing His Word. And in that context, yes, I, I do know of people that uh, have have had dreams. They don't base their salvation and their faith off the dreams they've had. But if I have a bad, if I have a dream, it's probably because I had bad pizza. But for uh, there's a few people that God's placed in my life that they've had some dreams in their life and they've they've come about to the T 
to even the right color in the dream, you know, wow. things that I could have never manufactured. So I don't base my faith. They don't base their faith on yeah. those things. But uh, we have to be careful not to put God in, in a yeah. box that he can work in in any way uh, he wants. But uh, I've also heard very authentic stories of, of speaking in tongues. And when I say tongues, I say another language that can be translated. Right, not some or, kind of angelic language. That's right, or something, that's yeah. right, uh, uh, that uh, where God has revealed sin and he's challenged the church in, in amazing ways. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's not the norm, and especially mm-hmm. not in America, uh, but it has happened. I believe God can do what he wants, but uh, we must look at it in the light of Scripture, uh, in the context of Scripture, when we uh, judge each of these things. As far as prophecy goes, what would you, what were your thoughts on, on prophecy in particular? I've got all of uh, God's revealed truth in front of me in mm-hmm. his word from Genesis to Revelation. So uh, as a prophet today, we, we declare what thus saith the Lord uh, in Genesis through Revelation. Uh, can, can God share something that lines directly up with his word through the spirit for discernment, for wisdom, for guidance? Uh, I, believe, I believe God shows his will because the local church doesn't know what's going to happen in the community where they're placed tomorrow or next week or next year. And so in the midst of knowing God's word and we want to know God's will, uh, God shows us to look at our life circumstances and what's happening around us individually and as a local church. And, and he will lead us in directions of how he wants us to penetrate the darkness in the community where we're at in ways that if uh, we would have gone on our own plan and copying somebody else's plan, it wouldn't have been unique to what God is doing in that area. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean we're prophets, but God reveals himself of what he's calling us to do that can line up when we're following in unity and in his word. Uh, for the next step of how he's calling us to join in with him where he's at work in the community. Yeah. Nathan, you have any follow-up, sir? Um, I zoned out for a little bit. But um, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, I said amen there, and you said, oh, Nathan. No, my point there was um, not to put God in a box, you know. And I, I'm, we've heard crazy stories. I think you and I, we talked about what the gold dust from – the, the ceiling. I think that was Bethel, right, yeah. out in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as Carl was saying, you have to test it against the Word of God. If, if it doesn't bring glory to God, and every every time you, you look in the Bible and you look at the miracles performed by, by God, it's it's a proof. You know, it's always a proof. Um, it's not, primarily, it's not even for the sake of the people who the miracle is occurring to or for. Neither is the spiritual gifts. Right, exactly. The other spiritual gifts. Um, so, I mean, when you hear of experiences that lend um, that lend nothing other than for the person who experienced it mm-hmm. and doesn't really further um, further the, the glory of God or confirm his identity I think we got to be highly critical of those um, I, I thought the way you started what you what you brought up in the beginning is, is an excellent point that I really hadn't put it in that context of um, the American lens versus outside. Now, I, I heard an apologist talk about this, and I don't want to misquote this or give the wrong statistics because I would have to go back and look at it. But he was stating that about 60% of the people that come to faith in Christ in China have stated that they are coming based on the witnessing of miracles, primarily healing. I mean, that's that's an interesting statistic. I mean, it's hard to talk about it when we don't have it right in front of us and stuff. But I mean, it, just based on what you were saying about the, the difference in the United States versus other places, when you do put that in context of dreams, especially like in an Islamic uh, society, uh, or I guess you'd say a Muslim society, um, they're not going to have the same kind of access to, the, to God's truth as we might. Um, anyway, thoughts? I mean, what, what, what do you think about healing? I mean, I know from an American standpoint, I've already always approached it as you can't give me one um, documented case 
of a true healing it, that I've, you know, in my life that well, I've come in contact with. With, with, with I mean, that, people say, oh, I don't have headaches anymore. Oh, my back doesn't hurt well, not anymore. Not only that, when you, when you have these healing events that, that take place and these folks who, who you know, self-proclaimed healers uh, uh, go to these events, the question that, that I always ask is, why, why, are you, why are you there? Go to the hospitals, right? If you can heal folks, if you have that gift to heal yeah, folks right. and God's going to work through you in those ways, and you need to be in the hospital. That's, that's where you need to be 24-7 and sharing the good news. Well, that's a little different because I think like, you know, I agree with you, is the healing on demand, I think from the word go, you're like, no, mm-hmm. no, because, you know, how are you going to say at this day, at this time, if you show up, God's going to heal? Now, I don't mean that to say that I don't believe God can heal or that he doesn't. Um, but it's always for a greater purpose than the healing itself. Correct. Kind of like when Jesus did a miracle throughout the Gospels, the, the healing was not intended to feed 15,000 people. That was not the goal. The goal was, let me tell exactly. you about the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Right. The purpose was not the meal. That's right. And they wanted him then because they're like, oh, here's a, here's a meal ticket. Mm-hmm. Like, we won't ever have to, like, grow food again. Right. You can yeah. just make it come out of nowhere. Disciples said, yeah. so why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sin or was yeah. it because of the sin uh, of his parents? And so Jesus said, so glorified. that God could be glorified. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, that's one of the ones I was thinking about um, specifically. Where can we... Are your, your sermons uh, online? They are. Okay, so where can we go to listen to those? Uh, FBCNewTampa.org. Okay, very good. And uh, you... Uh, have you ever thought about uh, writing a book? Yes. Okay. Is yes. that something uh, you're, you're seriously considering? Absolutely. Have you already started working I, on? I, I've got some notes jotted down. I have not put it into book format, but I'm in the early stages. That's been on my heart for years, and my, my wife has been uh, pushing me to uh, to write a book because she knows that that's a passion. It's just something that flows naturally for me. So I love to write. But And it gives a teaser as to what it might be about? Yeah, I actually told uh, Nate uh, a name of one. It's actually going to be focused on discipleship. And uh, there's so many millions of dis- hundreds of thousands of discipleship books out there. And so why do we need another book on discipleship? I-, I think if we can teach our people to disciple strictly from God's Word, from a book of the Bible, walking through a book of the Bible, then how simple and natural would that be to walk through one letter of the Bible? And I believe the one best one book, discipleship book out of the Bible is the book of Romans because uh, it takes us all the way through from the process of sin to uh, what, what that life of being led by the Holy Spirit looks like and not only the theology and doctrine and the courtroom setting of the first 11 chapters of Romans but chapters 12 through the end of Romans tells us how this is lived out. Lived out. Mm-hmm. Therefore, because mm-hmm. of all this you've yeah. learned, how do you live that out? And so uh, I've been uh, been wrestling with uh, walking through that, the book of Romans. It's just a discipleship book for new believers as well as for those who have been following Christ for a while. Uh, and I thought about calling it Crossing the Rubicon uh, based upon the history of, of that story. Nice. That sounds neat, man. Um, well, Carl, thank you so much, man, for, uh, for joining us. I appreciate that. Um, Nathan, uh, you want to sign us off? Thank you for listening to the Average Joe's podcast. Please be sure to check out the show notes for contact information for each of our guests and links to more information about the topics discussed in this episode. Also, please send us an email or give us a call if you know someone who would be willing to join us on future episodes of the Average Joe's podcast. Until next week, may God bless you and to God be all the glory.